0: netcasts you love
1: from people you trust
0: this is Twitch. bandwidth for windows weekly is provided by cashfly at c-a-c-h-e-f-l-y dot com this is windows weekly with paul Thorat episode 197 recorded february 25th 2011 Angry Bricks. Windows Weekly is brought to you by GoToAssist Express. If you're an IT or software consultant, up your competitive edge and grow your business with GoToAssist Express. For a free 30-day trial, visit GoToAssist.com slash Windows. And buy FreshBooks, the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly and makes you look professional. Get started with a free package at FreshBooks.com. And by Hover.com. Hover is domain name registration and management that's simple. For 10% off your new domain, go to windows.hover.com. It's time for Windows Weekly, the show that covers uh, Microsoft in all its glory. Here he is, the king of the hill, the man in charge, the guy behind the super site for Windows, winsupersite.com, the news editor for Windows IT Pro, and oh, here we go, the author of this fabulous book, <laughs> The Delphi Three Super Bible, ladies and what's gentlemen. That, what is
1: that? What's that red mark on there? Did you get this at a flea market or something? What?
0: It was the price sticker. I see. Actually, this was uh, this was gifted to me. It was sent to me from uh, Joyce Maz, <laughs> Joyce Mazzaroli Does books and collectibles in oh, uh, in South China, Maine. Oh, uh, right. Her address is j o y c e m a z dot com and. I got a big package when I came back from South America. I got I got so excited, ladies and gentlemen. Here it is. You know, this was originally fifty five dollars in the U.S., seventy eight dollars yeah. in Canada. The Delphi Three Super Bible. <laughs> but I'm a little you know, um, and guess the $55 what? Fifty
1: five dollar figure is interesting because I think that's how much I made.
0: <laughs> guess what? <laughs> CD intact. I wonder. I wonder what's on there. <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> I don't remember. Well, it's I remember got your the name first right uh, the front here. I don't. I don't understand what the confusion is. Has,
1: we had various joke Delphi applications we had written. But I don't think that are on there. There was a visual. What do we call it? Um, not visual defrag. It was like vi- visual F disk. <laughs> you know, would you like to uh, completely erase your C drive? No. You, know, you click. You click no, and then it would say, "Now formatting." C. Too late. <laughs> You know, or the type of joke program where you know wow. you're supposed to click a button on the screen and as you, as the mouse moves toward it, right. it moves away that. from you. you know, so
0: guess. you can write that crap in Delphi too, huh? Of course, of course you can. Of course you can. Delphi is a full pr- uh, Turing complete. Let, let me tell you something about Delphi and uh, the
1: the underlying language is Object Pascal, which, right. to, to my knowledge today, is still the purest object oriented language ever created. It's beautiful, but the the class library that this book documents. Was created by the guy who went on to create the .NET framework for Microsoft. Damn, so the, the descendant of this is in fact the .NET framework. Is .NET? So, uh, you know, and he also created the C, or helped create the C sharp programming language. And you know, in many ways, the Delphi or the Delphi uh, as the the you know the environment or Object Pascal as a language or uh, the VCL as it was called the Visual Component Library was a response to Microsoft's at the time awful C++ MFC libraries. Ew. And it was sort of a, a uh, here's a cleaner, nicer way of doing that kind of stuff. And then Microsoft basically bought the guy and they made their own version called .NET. So all this .NET stuff that's happened over the past, I don't know, 12 years is a direct descendant of that stuff. So, you know, humble beginnings, but
0: that, that, those are really the beginnings. Wanna know where T Common Dialogue came from? See page four hundred eighty seven. <laughs> Wanna know Wanna know about T dataset and its descendants? See page five ninety-three. Yes, everything you've always wondered about life is here in the Delphi three Super Bible. Let's Look for today.
1: Those were simpler times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I just Joyce, I just want to thank you so much for sending me this book and uh and and we've been using it to hold the door open, and it's just done a damn fine job. <laughs> just,
1: I'm just happy someone got some
0: use out of it. <laughs> no, I mean, you know? I'm keeping this, baby. This is good. <laughs> so for those, of us who, for those of you who don't listen to the show on a regular basis, this is Paul's first book, right? No, 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 no. Oh, not even your first book? No. Well, I mean, I'm going to have to go search for more? You'll never find my what first book. What was your book? first
1: book? It was probably, I think it was an, you know, Visual Basic 3. It was an oh, educational okay. title. Okay. Maybe Excel was 90. Was that Kenneth? Year Who did you do oh. that for?
0: No, this was for Addison Wesley. It was Addison Benjamin Wesley. Cummings.
1: It was their oh, yeah. educational print uh, yeah. or educational uh, division. I'm not sure awesome. that's the right term. But... Awesome. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So, Paul, <laughs> it's been a long time. And uh, First of all, well, let me thank Tom, uh, Tom Merritt for filling in for me uh, while yep. I was gone on yep. vacation. Um, yeah, it was great. Anything happen? while you were gone <laughs> well i know one thing that happened because i yes. you know it's funny because you know most tech news you don't you're you know here i am in south america on a ship with very limited, limited internet Leo, access
1: i went away for a week and half the middle east has fallen yeah, I, you know this
0: much i knew i mean the big stories yeah. you know the little stuff you don't know but there was one tech story that i could hear the cries of pain all the way down in patagonia that was okay. that windows phone 7 update yes something went wrong there in fact i have a samsung focus i'm glad i wasn't I wasn't here.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that could have been one of the problem devices. Although, could have been hearing now, supposedly you, you should be able to recover any of these phones. Apparently. Oh, okay. There so, was a fear. So what there happened? For a while. Yeah, I don't. I can't explain what happened exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> I can't explain I can do it, says the, Paul. I can't well,
0: explain who can, it. Who can say? Because when really I happened, left, I, you know. when I left a month ago, you were just depressed about the update. It hadn't yeah. come out yet. Well, this
1: isn't the update. this is this is the funny thing. This isn't the update.
0: This what the isn't hell is
1: this? Update. This this update that you're talking about is a new little update that they had to kind of push out at the last second because what they discovered was that if they there was a there was a bug in the updating mechanism on some of the phones it was a device issue, so they first they had to ship this little update before they could deliver that real first update. So I I, I call this first update a pre-update oh it's the uh, update that you need before you update yes it updates Mm. the updating part of the phone (laughs) i know it's crazy crazy talk so it was was released without any warning essentially you know in other words we didn't know it was coming and uh, it happened while i was away and i saw the you know the note that it had happened and i thought to myself there's no way I'm putting this thing on my phone.
0: Yeah, you were like smart. Here. You were smart. Um, so you well, knew, you kind of had a sense. I didn't,
1: well, let's just say things haven't gone so well with these guys. So I'm not saying I don't trust them, but uh, I, I didn't. also didn't have the opportunity. I did check to see if it was being made available to me, and it wasn't. So I guess I lucked out because like you, I have a Samsung Focus. So um, now that the dust has settled, what what it appears has happened is that according to Microsoft, Approximately ten percent of all Windows uh, phones, or about seventeen or eighteen devices, uh, is uh, <laughs> would would have an issue with this update. Um, a lot of them appear to be Samsung devices. Um, both the Focus here in the United States, and then the uh, the version they sell in Europe and elsewhere. I, I can't think of the model number, but it's essentially the Focus with a slightly different body. Um, this thing could, uh, you know, uh, fail at a certain point during setup. It could actually brick the phone in some cases, meaning you oh, could even nice. reset it. Yeah, That's what I look for in an update. <laughs> yeah. So Microsoft, you know, uh, I'm trying not to be too negative here, but, you know, they handled it in their usual um, fashion slowly and <laughs> opaquely. Not, well, no, I, have to, I give them some credit. I, actually, after the fact, they did publish a blog post saying, hey, you guys have told us you want more information, so here it is. And they, they did. They did. They they blocked about it. And apparently the update will be re, uh, made available again sometime in the coming days with an with a fix <laughs> so that if you have one of the affected devices, it will actually work. Now, what this is going to enable, of course, is that real first update, the one we've been waiting for, the, the no-do update, the one that has copy and paste and marketplace search improvements and the application performance improvements and so forth. So uh, that will be happening uh soon <laughs>
0: if you dare uh, if you dare
1: i will right i mean based, I, which is an interesting point because i mean <laughs> you know if this is how it goes with a, a small update right i mean how bad is it going to be
0: for a real update yeah well there's an I, old saying for that um first time bricked shame on you <laughs> yes second time bricked shame on me you know i we i had a my
1: house burned down one time because of a Christmas tree wow. when I was uh, still tra- living with my parents. So That's it traumatic. Been I didn't know I was 20 years old or Oh, something. I'm so sorry yeah. to hear yeah, the that. Yeah, house, the house burns down. That's terrible. So the people who know that this happened, and it happened because we had a real tree. My dad threw part of it in the fireplace and it, you know.
0: <laughs> Boom. Because yeah. it's soaked in uh, pine tar, pitch. Yeah, Boom. it turns out those things are explosive.
1: Highly <laughs> flammable. So, yeah, so the house burned down. And uh, years later, you know, years <laughs> after that, your
0: dad must have been so embarrassed.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was stupid. Everyone's okay. You know, I you know. No, no I thank
0: God but, no pets were lost.
1: Well, actually, we did lose a pet. But, Fluffy? Uh, <laughs> actually, it's, uh, it's very close to the dog's name. I'm trying to think of the dog's name. <laughs> your dog died? Yeah. God, no. Paul, this is turning out worse. <laughs> it's a long time. Ago. Anyway, forget it. Don't worry about it. So years and years I'm after that. I'm traumatized. This, forget okay. about it's it. It's no problem. But I, I've always had a live tree since then and over the years a number of people who know about this earlier event have said to me didn't you have a you had a house burned down because of a christmas tree right i said yeah you know why do you i mean aren't you worried about that at all (laughs) and i said listen if it happens again uh, that will be it
0: (laughs) now second time no the second time that's just me being dumb yeah yeah well i think you now know enough not to throw it in the fireplace Right, and I right. hope that people at home listening have learned a lesson too.
1: Yeah. So when you tell that story to people, not to beat the the Christmas tree thing to death, um, uh, there's a, a certain group of people who have no idea that this can happen, and then there's the other group of people who can see it coming because they already know that. Right. This is what happens to those kinds of trees. Yeah. Burst, I didn't know. This. Burst
0: into My flames. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it went right up. The, it was unbelievable. <laughs> burst into flames. Yeah. Uh, and we tied that to Microsoft's system update for Windows. Yeah, so the house burning down is a lot like this, this Windows Phone update. Got it. <laughs> so, which you can see Got why it. I thought of that. I've learned from Tom Merritt now to keep the thread of thought going. <laughs> yes, Normally, right. I just go. Whoa. Nicely done. Uh,
1: no, so uh, this will enable this update. Now, uh, one of the other things that's happened this week is that uh, Sprint announced their first Windows Phone, Ooh. and it's coming on March 20th. And that timing is very interesting because Microsoft had said previously that this first update would ship sometime in the first half of March. And, of course, March 20th is in the second half of March. And this first update includes the code needed for Windows Phone to work with CDMA networks uh, on which... So
0: they'll have to update it based. by March yeah. 20th.
1: Well, or. It, it, you know, uh, there are apparently phones out in the world now. I think some were being sold in India uh, by mistake, perhaps, and then some will will, will be uh, will be sold in the United States uh, that include this first update. So the Sprint phone will include that update one out of the box. You will have to right? because right. that's what enables it.
0: Who's uh, do you know whose hardware they're using or anything? About yeah, it's HTC. It? Oh, good.
1: Yeah, and apparently the first Verizon phone, if I'm not mistaken, is also HTC. I'd have to go back and look at that one. up. And Verizon's that, will that,
0: come. I guess if they're going to do a CDMA phone, they might as well do Verizon. There the is there is Verizon coming. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's coming uh, roughly the same time. Weeks, it's it's weeks away. Yeah,
0: I you know what? Believe it or not, and I know it's a little contrarian. I like Sprint. I kind of I don't fan. have any
1: experience with Sprint. Um, you know, my let me think about that for a second. I did. We used uh, my brother and I used the Sprint uh, mobile you know, like a MiFi type of device right. uh, driving down to Florida. And that actually worked pretty well. But as a phone, I've not really used Sprint.
0: You kind of, I, you know, uh, Sprint and T-Mobile, both as the also-rans of the phone industry, yeah, yeah, uh, can be better because you don't have as many people uh, sharing the data and the mm-hmm. bandwidth and stuff. And Sprint's, I think Sprint's data is actually very no, there, fast. Are, there are definitely
1: advantages to going with the smaller guys sometimes. Right. I guess it depends. I think everyone's needs vary. Uh, you know, uh, Verizon is clearly the king for this country. But yes. then again, If you live in a certain area, it's not going to matter. If you you can't get Verizon service where you live, then Verizon is not the phone for you. You know, as as a traveler, I would say Verizon is probably the best choice for someone who has to go around the country. Um, U.S. only. U.S. only. U.S. only. only. As soon as you go out of the country, it's the worst choice. Yeah. Well, they have world phones. I mean, I've not looked at their packages for international usage. I'm not sure what those are like, but... Um, you know, has gotten a lot better. I think we've talked about this a little bit. You know, they get a lot of um, you know, bad press and and um bad uh, ratings and so forth, but I mean, uh, you know, they they've gotten better. They've they've certainly gotten better. But there are definitely areas where they're lousy. You know, I drive you drive out in the middle of Colorado like I have to do when I go to work, you know, where my work office is, and it's you might as well be on the moon. You know, there's no the GPS has you out 300 miles in the desert somewhere right. and yeah. you know, they, the phone doesn't work. It's just the way it is,
0: you know. Well, and this really emphasizes the advice we used to give. It all changed in 97 when the, uh, I'm sorry, 97, 2007 when the iPhone came out, Yeah, uh, which was choose your carrier first based on coverage in your area or where you go. Well,
1: maybe that will be the case very soon. It seems like the iPhone is going to head to more carriers, and then, I
0: think it's already the case because every uh, carrier at least has—if you know, yeah. they don't have the iPhone, but they have everyone a, has an Android. Android phone, and everyone will have Windows, Windows phones. phones. So you have good smartphone choices on every carrier now. Yeah, you don't oh, really have yeah, to yeah. have to have the AT and T iPhone.
1: It's not right. In other words, uh, when, when the iPhone first came out, if you wanted the iPhone, you sort of had to make do with AT and T. Yeah. Oof. Um, I don't think that's the case anymore. I really don't. But if you want an iPhone now, at least you have choice. And hopefully later you'll have more choice. And then, uh, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't really have any sprint experience, so I can't really say. I guess I, I think that people who live in certain areas will know, what, you know, which carriers right. happen to be best there. So. You,
0: uh, I remember when I left that you were predicting that Nokia would use uh, Microsoft's Windows Phone Seven, and they did, didn't they? Announced that they were going to do that while I was gone. Yeah, I don't know that I was. Predi- I mean, I think this. You was thought this, it would
1: happen. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hoping that they would do something a little more dramatic. I think that both companies need. A little bit of a push over a cliff to get them, you know, <laughs> to the right state of agitation about their uh, current market share, state, and so forth. But uh, it seems like they have. It's not obviously as simple as they're just another Windows Phone uh, phone maker. You know, they're they're also going to work very close with Microsoft, so there's a special relationship there. But it seemed to me like they they should have done something very dramatic, i.e., a merger or Microsoft buying Nokia or whatever, and that that would have sent this message that you know. Microsoft in particular is serious right about this because I think right now there's a sense that even though I know from talking to the company and people at the company Microsoft is serious about Windows Phone you know Microsoft was serious about Zoom too by the way 3 4 years ago I'm but try not to laugh
0: yeah well no but they were was, I mean let me words, ask was was Microsoft I mean you know Microsoft they're always I would presume somewhat serious because it's expensive to launch a product right but right. you well, you have to Microsoft doesn't just give up on stuff right I mean well I, yeah I, wait a minute well, the no, kin. I
1: mean, right, but the kin <laughs> is not a big platform play. In other words, so when, they weren't when they do serious about the kin. No, they weren't. I mean, I, I, unfor- I think unfortunately for the kin, the, the kin was seen as a a spiritual successor in a way to the sidekick. And the problem with the kin was that it mm-hmm. was delayed and delayed and delayed. Oh, and see. one of the reasons it was delayed was because midstream through its development. Microsoft got rid of Windows Mobile and went right. to Windows Phone. Right, and then some genius said, "You know, you need to make this a Windows Phone device, sort of. You know, base it based it on Windows Phone." And that set it back. And I think by the time that the Kin launched, they had already put enough money into it and resources that they sort of felt obligated in a way to do it. Um. So uh, yes, I mean, I think we can. You know, there are always going to be examples of them killing stuff after V1. But you know, the Zune was one of those things where they, you know, they were going after the not. Not an iPod like a product they were going after that whole ecosystem yeah, it was
0: it head on and I, I credit
1: them with that and it was a multi-year deal you know in right. other words the first version achieved whatever you know modicum of success whatever it was 2% market share or something that that wasn't going to kill it you know it it required years of them never making any headway and they really did have some innovative ideas in there both in the software and the services and the hardware too um but you know, the, the, what happened, happened. I mean, whatever. But, um, you know, windows phone is even more important than that when you think about it, because it's a, they branded it windows, which should show you how uh, they perceive it. But also, you know, this is the next big, you know, this, this is a platform, you know, it's a mobile platform. It's not an iPod, you know, it's not a little, it's not like a phone, like a side little thing. It's, it's, it's a platform. They're called it's windows. You know, there's windows in the server, there's Windows on the web, there's Windows on the PC desktop, there's Windows on the phone. You know, this is, this is a core <laughs> to what they're doing. So yeah. um, uh, this, they're serious about it. Um, it doesn't seem like it sometimes, I know, and it certainly doesn't seem like it sometimes to me. But it's, I think it's important to remember that to Microsoft that they are very serious about this. And uh,
0: <laughs> they're doing the best they can. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. Don't bug us. We're doing the best you know, it's, we can. Well,
1: yes. It, it's funny because I think what happened to with Windows Phone was that uh, people within the company made the argument correctly that their current strategy was not working. So why don't you let, it, let us do it? Here's our idea. You know, and it was a small team. And I think that that sort of guerrilla mentality w- worked very well in some ways. But I think you're also seeing the limitations of what is somewhat of a small team, you know, comparatively speaking compared to windows, right. Or office or windows server. um, You know, they've been thrust onto a very big stage here. You know, they need to really uh, show up. And I think it's just growing pains is what we're seeing here. So look, at least this thing that happened, happened with this sort of non update, you know, the pre update as I call it. Right. And not with update one. Imagine, I mean, can you even imagine what the news stories would be like if, if, Update one failed for ten percent of users, right? But do
0: people make the distinction? I mean, I don't even. I mean,
1: updates and updates. Well, I think it's uh, it's this is a very minor thing. I mean, uh, you know, the software update itself. Uh, obviously, when you're shipping an update that's going to change the functionality of the phone, it's a bigger deal, I, I would think. You know, another. I guess the way I would put it is this: I think that a lot of Windows phones u- users are going to go out and try to get that first update. They're going to want they want it, so they'll seek it out. This one. You may have heard, oh, there's some update out. It's not that update, oh, you know, and, and the the interest goes away. I think that they weren't bitten as hard by that, um, so we'll we'll see, I guess. But hopefully they get it right, um, you know, for the real update, the real first update, as I as I think of it, <laughs> the actual
0: update instead of we're this not, phony we're gonna this, this update phone bricking. You know, we're, we're just gonna we're gonna look it forward. Never, this isn't the update you're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just glad I was in South America.
1: (laughs) Like I said, I was, I was, I could have done, you know, well, I I never was offered it, but. Oh, so not
0: everybody, not every, it wasn't pushed to everybody. No, not immediately. It would have been over time, but as it was going out, what they discovered was, oh, wait, we have problems. (laughs) You would think they would have tested this. Like just, you know, take, take, there's how many phones out? Nine at most. (laughs) Take, you know, just a word, a tip. One of each. One of each. (laughs) Buy one of each. And try the update. Just see what happens. See, I think the problem is that that is what they did. Oh, and it, wasn't a, it wasn't. It It wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, because not, not every phone failed. Not every Samsung failed. Just to, so maybe it's some weird interaction between the software you've installed and the amount of free space or what. Have they ever solved the SD card issue? No, they've never. They they pretend that that has never happened. You know, and, and I, you know, get email I about this. we've talked I, about this. You could have done this if you'd done it in 2006 or 2007, but it's too competitive a market right now for you to stumble like this, Microsoft. You can't. You need to be perfect. Want, they, I, I my, and this, this is not um, a
1: fact. This is my take on this, my opinion or my guess based on what little I do know about it. But the way I perceive it is that Microsoft was goaded into providing this functionality because their wireless carrier partners demanded it. Yeah. And they wanted nothing to do with supporting it. I still don't. They just don't. They want to wipe their hands of this. So I believe there are only a handful of phones that have this. And I know that Samsung is one. And I think there's one other that's a non Samsung and that's about it. I don't think there's many, um, they just don't want to deal with it yeah. you know? so the the 30 i put a 32 gig card in mine that i found on amazon it works fine i've never had any issues oh. it's still in there i've never good. reset the phone it's oh, good. no problem at all uh, but that doesn't mean that i can recommend this to anyone else because other people will buy the same card and it won't work for them right, so right. it is one of those trial and error things but it's a tough thing when it when this doesn't work
0: what class because, um, is the flash ram that you're using is it a, is class 4 6 I mean, is I will, it like it is super fast? Six. It's not it's, six. It's,
1: No, no. It, you know what? The, the performance characteristics of the card are not. Let me see.
0: If I That's can not the it. issue.
1: No, it's well, it's, it it is, it doesn't matter. So, the one I have is. Let's see. <clears throat> it's a it's a patriot a genuine patriot memory card for Samsung Focus <laughs> is how they um, advertise it on Amazon. It is a let's see. Actually, I don't know. It doesn't say. No, I found it on Amazon. So if you search for, I would say Patriot memory card for Samsung Focus, you'll come up with it. It's it's expensive now. It's Actually, excuse me, too. It's also only 16 gigabytes, not 32. But it does
0: say for Samsung Focus. So you, it does. That, which it gives gives your, s- I said, what the heck, I'll try I'll this try one. I'll try it, right.
1: Yeah. And let me see if I mention it in my blog posts about this. No, I don't know. No, I guess not. Sorry. Yeah, I don't... I,
0: uh okay oh, class four yeah class i knew it wasn't the, right. the highest number. no but that's it's decently fast i can't imagine a phone needing more than that to be honest with you the only things that need class six or ten are these high speed cameras sure. video recorders things like that a lot of data i,
1: I think you know <laughs> i've always felt like it would be neat to have the one device you know in theory the truth is you bring your phone with you on a trip and I'm not going to watch a movie on this thing when I'm flying across the country because I need to use the phone on the other side. But you can do goofy things like, well, you can buy a battery pack. And obviously there are more seamless battery packs for iPhones because there are more of them in the market and they have that connector and so forth. But eventually what you're basically doing is bringing a bunch of extra stuff. So I guess the argument at this point is if you're going to be bringing extra stuff anyway, you know, maybe you should just have an iPod Touch or a Zune HD or whatever it is you prefer to use and use that for media, media... (laughs)
0: uh meteor me. did you say meteor did yeah, i apologize you did. no it. you're from boston slip in size, fact i yeah. expect you to say media <laughs> use that for media he's phony when you say media <laughs> there's an r at the end yes, get it uh, right meteor. Yes, thank you for watching that and did you, um, grow, did you grow up in that in the Dedham area i, I did i grew oh. up in Dedham specifically Actually. really oh that's neat so you're a native i am you come by your meteor naturally Sadly, yes. Yes. The dater is I told is you, I,
1: when we discussed this previously, I said there are cir- circumstances where this will happen to me uh, when I'm uh, drunk and when I'm really tired.
0: <laughs> when he's drunk, he gets wicked, wicked cool, wicked. He, <laughs> yeah. I love it. You my, know, my favorite I episode of this,
1: I have two favorite episodes of The Simpsons, but one of them is the, the family of the um, mayor who has the JFK accent, Yeah, yeah. And, and he gets in trouble with the waiter and he says, say Chi-da. chowda, chowda, chowda. I just love the I love the fake Kennedy <laughs>
0: accent. I do too. Well but we're to say chowda. T- <laughs> we're gonna take a break, come back with more, Paul, in just a moment. Before we do, let me tell you about go to assist, yeah? Go to assist.com slash windows. I'm sounding like the Pepperidge Farm Man. I know. C- Citrix remembers. Go to assist. <laughs> I could drive five minutes and be at a Pepperidge farm. Pepperidge Farm store remembers. Of some kind. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's like a I like it. a that's it's kind it's of a close. main, isn't that a a down easter accent kind of? Yeah. 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 Can't get there from here. You're gonna watch. you're right. You're gonna
1: watch uh, Pet Sematary, the guy who played the judge. I
0: love that accent.
1: Has that awesome
0: main accent. Yeah. They've lost a fisherman. Let me tell you about Go to Assist Express. If you're an IT or software consultant, up your competitive edge and grow your business with Go to Assist Express. It's what I use. Now I'm starting to sound Irish. I don't know how that happens. I've got a real problem with accent drift, if you know what I mean. If you... <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly we're in Galway. Ah, faith and Megara. If you're an IT or software consultant, I know you're looking for ways for ways to become more efficient, more affor- more uh, profitable, certainly, and to grow your business. And this is where Citrix really comes in handy. A lot of uh, the pros already know about Citrix with Windows uh, Remote Access. Citrix does a product just for support professionals called Go to Assist Express. I use it, and it is I can ver- I can vouch for it. It's fantastic. First of all. It's easy for your clients. They don't have to have it installed ahead of time. Uh, I was on a Skype uh, call with my mom. She said, I need to, I can't find my Intuit data. I said, no problem. I I said, click this link, and I pasted into the Skype chat the link. Within a minute, she had downloaded and installed the software. It's very easy for her. There's one. one, She has to click yes at one point for permission to uh, install the app, and boom, now I'm in fixing the problem. And what's beautiful is now I, uh, if she gives me permission, can have unattended access to her system so I don't have to wait around for her. I can share my screen with her so she can see what it's supposed to look like and vice versa. Vice versa. Uh, Integrated live chat so you can continue that conversation online. And it works for PCs and Mac and it's completely cross-platform. So you can use it on a Mac to fix a PC or vice versa. You can even drag and drop fixes. So if you've got a hot fix or a patch, you just drag it over there and uh, double-click it. You can run up to eight sessions at once, so once you start that patch, you're not stuck sitting there watching the hourglass. You can go over to the next one and the next one. That's why you're more efficient. I think they, they were quoting a study that said, go to Assist Express users report a 40% improvement in productivity. It's like two days extra a week. Try it free for 30 days. You, you be the judge. They do have day passes, of course, in the monthly subscription, but this is free for 30 days. Go to the website. Go to assist.com slash windows. G O T O assist.com slash windows. And of course, go to assist has free customer service available 24 7. Go to assist.com slash windows. Isn't it funny when you see an old movie? Have you noticed that in the old, like the 30s? They all have like British accents. It's very strange. I can't do that, darling. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Why are you talking like that, girl? Why are you talking like that, girlfriend? You stop it. You cut that out. Oh, no, you didn't. Moving right along. Speaking of... (laughs) Sorry. Poor Paul. He's tired. He just wants to go to bed. I have no idea where I am anymore. (laughs) He's completely lost track of his locale. How was Madrid? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never been to Madrid, but I love Barcelona. I think Spain is cool. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And yeah. the food was great. Great wine. I, Rioja.
1: I, honestly, the food was the biggest surprise for me because I just, I, I mean, obviously the stuff in France is great, but there, just, some, I don't know how to explain it, but the, the food there oh, was just notably good. It was uh, one of the amazing. best food experiences well, ever. The, the,
0: not only the oldest restaurant in the world where you went, but many considered no longer open, but many considered the best restaurant in the world. El Bulli is also in Madrid. Mm. Was yeah. in Madrid. Is it El Bulli or El Bulli? yes the other thing is you know
1: spanish is the easiest language in the world um you know my wife and i my wife knows some french i know a little bit of french um, if you know a romance language yeah but these languages are inscrutable um spanish for whatever reason is is very simple my wife you know and i were both picking up you know the types of things you wouldn't normally be able to pick up either Something recorded over the, you know, the subway system, or the voice of a guy calling out something in a restaurant, or whatever it was. We could, we find ourselves understanding way more mm-hmm. than has ever happened Isn't, in any you know, other it's place. it's funny. I had the same experience
0: because speaking. I was in Argentina, Chile, mm-hmm. and Peru, all Spanish speaking, and in fact, kind of more Spanish yeah. style sp- uh, Spanish than Mexican mm-hmm. style mm-hmm. Spanish. Right. Even right. In Castilian in some areas, and yeah. uh, and I thought, you know, I got this strong sensation if I stayed here. A few right. months, I could pick this up. My wife said we should just leave the TV
1: on, and we will be fluent by the time we go yeah. home. You know, it's crazy. There oh, is something neat about that. I loved it. Yeah, it doesn't happen in France. You know, uh, French is a very complicated language, like English, that has a million special cases mm-hmm. and has inscrutable rules about what things are feminine and what things are masculine. Right, <laughs> so it's yeah. crazy. But doesn't Whereas, Spanish have it? Uh, Spanish? Is, no. But it's all very. Uh, it's very it's scru- clear. What is? It's scrutable.
0: Yeah, it's scrutable. That's a good word. It's disinscrutable. I wish it were a word, but it's it, it should be a word. Because if, if, if inscrutable is a word, then scrutable should also be a word.
1: As my friend Sean said, it's below reproach.
0: <laughs> Not above, but below. <laughs> <laughs> right. Why isn't scrutable a word? I don't know. Inflammable means flammable? I know, English. You See, know, this is, is why, in yeah. fact, we were saying this, uh, my wife and I, were, when we were in Peru, we we're, were apologizing. We are saying, you know, I'm sorry, right. English is so hard. You know, sure. and uh, they all try very hard to speak English, and many of them speak English well. Although I was intrigued, yeah. because my experience in France and uh, in other countries is that uh, a lot of people do know English. In Chile, very few people that I ran into knew English. They, there didn't seem to be any urge to learn English. We have the same experience everywhere we go, which is you run it. You know, you have to ask someone a
1: question or buy a ticket or whatever it is. And you say in their language, do you speak English? And they say no. And then you say, okay. And then you kind of plot ahead and uh, it works out very well in France. It worked out horribly in Germany. That Germany is crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, rural Germany where they don't speak English, uh, you're on your own. That's like being <laughs> on a different planet. But in Spain, it was very easy. Yeah. Every time.
0: It's no interesting. problem. I had the same experience. Yeah, it was fun. I boy, I love Latin America. I have to say, I I mm. if, I, I highly encourage you at some point to. Uh, yeah,
1: to I'll get there. The
0: it's really wonderful. It's going to take some time, but Win, I Windows know. Seven Service Pack One it came out while I was gone too. Yeah, a lot of the, there were a lot of
1: milestones for Service Pack One when we were gone. You know, they they released it to manufacturing, then they released it to MSDN and TechNet and to volume licensing, and then this past week they released it. That's great. great. It's up there on Windows Update if you want to get it that way. Um, That should be the easiest way, unless you're obviously a system administrator and need it for other purposes. But um, take about half an hour to install. And uh, as with any classic service pack, if you do it right, when everything's done, you should notice nothing. (laughs) So that's (laughs) kind of the way it works.
0: Exactly the same as it ever was which okay. sounds dumb but again no, in the world of service want. packs, that's what you're looking for if it's a choice between that and bricking my phone right i'll pick that every time there's a new Windows phone ad that just uh, came out have you seen this one yet yeah. yeah 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 should i play should i play it just for people who haven't mm-hmm. who haven't watched it this is the what if commercial and i'm sure if uh, it with the
1: cooperation of this YouTube is, you know, what if the most beautiful phone in the room was also the yeah, smartest yeah
0: why don't you do it for me? Then I don't have to play this video. <laughs> you, could... you know,
1: every time an ad like this comes out, you sort of scrutinize it to see if there's any hidden new app in there. You know? I'm not hearing anything. No, yeah, it's no sound. Why not? Why not? So it's like Netflix, mm-hmm. which is already around. And mm-hmm. was it open table? Probably the game stuff, which is awesome. A little portable Xbox right there. It's a nice demo.
0: Dango, eBay, Yelp, Yelp, oh, yeah. So nothing. We have in- thousands of apps. Thousands. <laughs> ninety-nine now, bucks. Than hundreds. I I did see that ninety-nine dollars at the end there though. That's good. Yeah. You
1: know, I was uh, my wife has an Android phone, and I was talking to her about apps and phones and and all this stuff. And you know, we loaded the kids up with some apps on their iPods so they had stuff to do on the trip. You know, when we were flying and so forth, and. I was wondering, I was I'm curious what she thought about this, and I guess I'm, I'm curious what you think about this too, is just the notion of app overload. I mean, after a certain point, you know, the I- iOS has two gajillion apps or whatever it is, and uh, Android has half a gajillion apps now, and Windows Phone has whatever, 8,000, 10,000 apps, probably somewhere there. Um, you know, at some point, is there's a number, I think, where you cross where it's just enough. You know? And obviously, it's, it's about quality of apps, too, you know, and certain apps being available, right? There are certain apps that aren't yet on Windows Phone uh, that will be very important to have, and it, they'll it'll occur. But I, I wonder at what point where Windows Phone just crosses the line where it's not a compromise anymore of any kind, you
0: know, um, yeah. where all those apps that are so important are there. and. Right. Well, they're close. I mean, that's the point of that ad, obviously, right? The apps you want, we won't mention numbers, but the apps you want, we've got. Are there, yeah. So what made me think of this actually was I
1: I had to go into the iTunes app store to find those games for my kids. And I don't play games on an iPod or I do a little bit on the iPad just to kind of check out what's going on there because obviously it's a new platform and everything. But I I don't play a lot of games on these things. And I was curious to see... What had changed with regards to, you know, iPod touch and iPhone games since the last time I did this, which was months ago. In fact, the last time I really did it in any meaningful way was the last time we went away with the kids, you know, from last August. So it's been six months, let's say, or whatever. And I was really surprised by how hard it was to find anything new that was worth downloading, you know, based on the reviews, the recommendations that you see inside the, you know, inside the iTunes app in the app store, I had a hard time because I, I sort of thought, well, you know, if I could find 10 or 12 games, you know, uh, some mixture of paid and free games, this would be a great number. And I, I, I actually couldn't do it. I, I, I think I found maybe seven or eight. And then while we were there, I, I downloaded three or four more or something. Um, I had a hard time. And they've, they've settled into these routines, you know, where there are Angry Bird-like games. And then there are these games they call like runner. I think they're called running games or runner games. Where basically the thing is just scrolling across the screen, and what you control is the up and down movement. Where you kind of move around stuff, or you do things, or whatever. And and I I, I I'm wondering now with these uh, touch screen form factors, if something has changed where there there's a certain class of game that works really well in this, and now there are a lot of them.
0: You know yeah. that if people, well, and, I think that partly was people learning the um, uh the mechanics the mechan- of it. you know the the the, 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 yeah. the dialect, the uh, the lingo of touch, right. You know? No, and, and,
1: by, and when you say that, it's interesting because I think what you mean by that are developers, right? Not just users. Yes, not, not users. just users. No, 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 no. The Although there is some of that themselves. as well, right? Like, in other words, some, some you, you sort of learn over time just from experience that some user interactions work really well on these devices, you know, and some don't. I mean, that's the analog to that, I guess. Absolutely. You know, some, some do and some don't.
0: So there's you know, like, you try to play games like Quake and it just so doesn't much. work.
1: Yeah, yeah. Although but, the new Dead Space works pretty well, whatever that's worth.
0: Yeah, well, like the I, Call of Duty zombies, same thing. It's 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 it wants it's a game. Happen. It wants a game controller. No, no. You need
1: you need the two hats, and you need yeah. It's but, a different. But, but that's exactly why uh, Angry Birds works so well. It's just a freaking it's slingshot. Pure touchscreen, and yeah. it's physics, and it's fun. Yeah, and it it, it it it's the right combination of things, and that's why there are so many rip-offs of it. You know. Mm-hmm. But I guess what I'm wondering is just if we reach some saturation point. You know, Microsoft is never going to have the a couple hundred thousand apps that uh, iPhone has or whatever. And I don't think they have to. I mean, I think no, uh, I ten thousand is maybe not enough. But at some point, there you, is you a number. A yeah, yeah. And and I'm thinking even- they're
0: going to get there this year. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, it's funny because um, turnabout is fair play. As a Mac user for years, <laughs> yes, 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 that yes. we had the same conversation because Windows Absolutely. users would say, "Oh, don't buy a Mac. There's so few apps for it." And we'd say, "But the apps I you need, you have the apps that you want." Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, and I'm not sure if that was necessarily always the case. Just as it's no. not necessarily yeah, I know always if the case. True, now.
0: but that was our defense.
1: <laughs> that was always the yes, yes. Oh, no, yes. it's the same. It's, it's fun it's, being it's, on the other side of the fence, Leo. Yeah. Thank you for that. This has been a nice, um, so how do you feel a nice about face for me. Yeah. No. It's Like I woke up in someone else's yard. You know what happened? All my junk is on the, you know, on the ground. <laughs> you know, you, please feel free to move in.
0: It's, this is yours now. Enjoy. Whoa! You mean now I'm the minority? Whoa! Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, good stuff. Uh, I'm surprised to see this on your rundown. Windows <laughs> Home Server. I thought we'd uh, written that one off. Veil is out now, or is? So you may recall. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) I vividly (laughs) do. I'm not
1: going to be. I'm not going to go over what happened, but but you may recall my advice, uh, so such as it was at the time, which was Microsoft was going to in January release some new pre-release version of this, where there would be some kind of nod toward. Well, here's some bit of functionality that has a little bit of that drive extender stuff, and maybe it will or will not make up for it, and. We'll make a decision on Vail, you know, the new version of Home Server, based on what it looks like. You know, when, Let's wait until we get that final pre-release version. So it was actually early uh, February when they finally released it, but what they shipped was the release candidate version of the product. And I, I installed it not on my main server box, but on a, a different machine, a physical machine. I wanted to really use the thing, put some content on there and see what it looks like. And I, I wanted to really evaluate whether... You know, I could use this thing going forward. I mean, because I, right now, my home infrastructure, like you know, as I call it, I don't. It's not much of an infrastructure, but my my home network is based around Windows Home Server, and I, I use it for not just uh, digital media, you know, photos and music and videos and so forth, but also all of my important work related documents dating back, by the way, all the way to the mid to early 1990s. I mean, I've wow. got all kinds of stuff. I'm jealous. I'm jealous.
0: I'm jealous because I have a lot of stuff. That I've lost forever. They're on floppies. Oh no, I do too. I have I've definitely disks.
1: But I have, like, you know, years and years and years of stuff. So, <clears throat> uh, looking at this thing, you know, the and the drive extender loss is felt. I mean, let's be honest about that. And and I think that the piece that's not going to be replaced is the single pool of storage. I think that that's the big deal, and it is kind of a big deal. But but if you look at it logically. Um, given the size of hard drives today, what this means is that for any given share, for any given content type, you know, uh, whether it's videos, photos, music, uh, documents, whatever, the biggest that thing can be a share today is two terabytes because that's the physical limitations of the discs we have right now. That will change over time, but right now I have a bunch of two terabyte discs. If you when I look at my own shares, the biggest amount of stuff i have in one place is my videos and most of them aren't that important frankly they're movie rips and things like that and it's about 1.6 terabytes so even as of today i'm not exceeding this limit and if i do i suppose you could have a you know making a second share for videos is not such a huge deal right because there are logical ways in which i can separate them out but when i look at my other data and I almost completely b- Boston butchered that phrase, but I got it out. Um, come I on, see your-
0: you want to say data?
1: Go ahead. <laughs> it's like other data. Other data. When, um, when I look at this other, other data, I I see much smaller file sizes or f- storage requirements. You know, roughly uh, like for example, my photo collection, which is about a decade of digital photos uh, and some scans, but mostly digital photos, two hundred and twenty five gigabytes. Not even close, right, to two terabytes. You know, my music collection is under 50 gigabytes. My software collection is under 200 gigabytes. The documents I talked about um, dating back over a decade, almost a decade and a half in some cases, 250 gigabytes, roughly speaking, I think. So, you know, that, although it would have been nice to have that single pull of storage, it's not really killing me, right? It's not, it's not that's not a, a big deal. And then the other aspect to um, Drive Extender was data duplication. Where automatically it would push each file onto two different physical hard drives, so that if one failed, um, you wouldn't lose your data now the way they get around that with Vail is by having a better version of server backup so uh, the thing I need to test and is just the storage requirements you can set up store, uh, server backup to back up uh, i think I think by default it's twice a day you could you could have it back up every i think thirty minutes if you wanted to that's a little excessive but The question is going to be how much storage you need for this to be effective. So to have something where your data is essentially being duplicated because it's being backed up. So it's not being duplicated on the fly, but it is being backed up, let's say, two to four times a day. Let's say twice a day. I mean, how much is it really that much worse than data duplication? If it's on a different physical disk, right? Uh, You know, at least halfway through the day. I mean, so I guess at most you would lose like half a day's worth of data. It's not that bad, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the only question is whether this thing requires a lot more storage. And that's what I'm going to have to find out. So I'm going to figure that out. So I have, right now I have a mess of uh, two terabyte disks. I'm going to see how much I need for the actual source data, you know, the original file shares. And then how much I need for, for server backup. And that's going to be the big question. The other thing is, you know, we're not talking about a NAS device here, right? I mean uh Windows Home Server does a lot of stuff and I and when I wrote about this one of the things I and I did this partially to remind myself I went and the and where I came up with this list is I went back to my original review of Windows Home Server and I said okay well what was the deal like what how was this thing being pushed at the time and it was automatic centralized PC backup of all mm-hmm. all your PCs right mm-hmm. up to 10 health uh monitoring for the home network right. which is great centralized uh, storage seamless, of
0: your- Media,
1: right? Yep. Yep. And sharing in a Windows-friendly way, Mm -hmm. document sharing as well. And then Mm -hmm. remote access. So from outside of your home network, you can remote access into your network in in various ways. This includes a web-based interface to all of your files on the server, a standard remote desktop interface to the server itself, if you want to do it that way, or a standard remote desktop-based interface to any of the PCs in your home network as well. It's actually very powerful. And it does now, it still does all of that without that media with that drive it extension. still does all of that and the new version has new stuff including mac support uh windows phone support um, better remote access it's got uh better uh, digital media sharing based on d l n a right now uh now i should say and uh and then also this um uh better server backup you know which is a big deal so i, I to me it's you know when you When you find out they're getting rid of something like drive extender, it's a big deal because it is kind of the heart of the product. But then you have to be pragmatic about it. Well, it's not just about storage, right? It's all this other stuff. So if I was just going to get a NAS box, which I guess you could do some kind of a raid thing maybe, or whatever it is, or Drobo or something, what about all this other stuff? You know, how do I replace that? And it's actually pretty hard. You know, it's easy to forget what a Swiss Army knife this thing is. It does all this stuff.
0: Well, geeks have figured this out, but, but we're talking about normal people.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Geeks,
0: geeks do all of that. No, it, right. And actually, it's a good point. So here's,
1: here's another, uh, another little thing to think about, I guess. This is for me. You know, For people out there who have Windows Home Server now, you don't have to change anything. I mean, right. I need to move on to the new one because I have to write about it, and this is what I do for a living and all that stuff. Um, if you have Windows Home Server 1.0 now, I mean, a you can't update, you know, you can't upgrade anyway. But that's not really the point, unless you built the server yourself and you wanted to wipe it out or whatever. But essentially speaking, the thing is an appliance, right? It's designed to work like like a NAS box or whatever. It's just like a or a toaster or a DVD player. It's just a it's a it's an appliance. Um, the advent of Windows Home Server 2011 or the removal of Drive Extender from that product doesn't change how your product works. This thing will keep working, not not forever, but it will keep working for years and years. So. I think for normal people who have adopted Windows Home Server, none of this changes anything. I mean, their server continues to work. You can keep adding storage to it. You can keep adding files to it. You can keep using it. It, All the stuff that was there before will obviously continue to work. So uh, this is just for my own thing. So I am going to use it. I mean, the, the decision for me was whether I went to their more small business oriented version of the software, the Aurora stuff, which is a small business server, 2011 essentials or to something else, whatever that something else may be, trobo, NAS, whatever. But ultimately for my own purposes, it just, it seems like Windows home server is still the best solution for what I need and for what we actually use around the house. So I'm going to keep using it. And I, I think that, uh, looked at unemotionally because it is easy to get caught up in the, you know, the emotion of the stuff. Um, it's still the right choice. Yeah. Oh, and I would just want to add too. I've gotten dozens and dozens of email from people who have found out on the web and there are various home server sites and so forth. Um, there are third parties who are creating replacements for a drive extender. So, these things will probably be delivered as a plugin for Windows Home Server 2011. Oh, that's a good idea.
0: There you go. Yeah,
1: except, well, except for one thing. I, I just want to remind people that this is your data, you know, and these third parties, we don't know who they are. You know, it's not Microsoft. It's not some company we've ever heard of. It could be a couple of guys in a garage, which is fine. But I can tell you that right now, there's no way I would ever consider using something like that personally because this is my data. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So um, I suppose in in conjunction with server backup, it might be okay or safe. But remember too, that when you do that, you're uh, expanding the amount of storage you need, because now you need twice as much storage for the drive extender type um, capability, plus another half again for server backup. Plus, I don't know. Again, we don't know how much that's going to require. So, uh, I, I would give that some time. <laughs> I think it's my point there. To, that some of these things may prove themselves to be reliable and safe. Some of them may be shipped and then never updated. I, I think we need to give that stuff some time. I'd be very careful about anything that touches your data. Is you know just my basic advice. Yeah, that, that makes sense. But you don't have any reason to think that these are not good. Just no, they're no, 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 no. They're unproven. Just that they've all been very hastily announced, you know, now that Microsoft right. is not doing this, well, here's something that will do this. And it's like, eh, okay. You know, I mean, I think the appeal of drive Extender is that it was part of the OS and, and the real appeal for it, uh, of it for me was that it was eventually going to go into all versions of windows. And we were going to have, you know, a single pool uh, of storage on the client version of windows, which would be awesome. And no drive letters, which would be awesome. And data duplication, which of course is awesome. And this all sounded great, but now that it's gone, I don't know that I would trust a third party to that quite yet. So
0: let's right. let's see how that one plays out first. Yeah. We uh as long as we're talking about kind of this notion of connectivity. What happens when you leave the house? <laughs> yeah, so I as I do when I travel, I always I think about this is when this comes up. I remember the last Technology, time you were in yeah. Europe, you you were using Windows Homes. So you were kind of boldly. You installed the beta the day you left. Yeah, I know. And you boldly and I, went uh, no where no geek has gone did, before. Yeah,
1: And yeah. I would hit that thing every day remotely. I would back up all my photos to it, which we did also from Madrid. Um, I love that kind of thing. But, you know, I when I travel like you, I'm sure, um, I look at what people are doing on computers and devices and things. And I look. Uh, to see what's on those screens. You know, I walk up the plane or the train or whatever I'm on and I look at the screens and I see, and I, you know, I can tell you over the years, you know, the trends have changed pretty dramatically. I remember for years and years and years, it was a sea of Dell laptops and everyone was playing Solitaire uh, with the occasional <laughs> Excel. And that yes, was basically it. you're right, I mean, you're was, right. You know, um, when I flew to Denver last month, I sat in the exit row on a plane where every single person in that row had an iPad except for one guy mm-hmm. and he had a Samsung Galaxy Tab. hmm and uh, that is a big change. The the other big change uh, is that I, in, it's in the United States at least. I see a lot of MacBooks around in the real world, <laughs> you know. Whereas I would say two years ago back, I would see them in press rooms, yes, because right. people who are in the press love Macs. But I wouldn't see them out in the real world, and now I do. I really you know do. what
0: I was surprised to see a lot of MacBook Airs on the plane. Yes,
1: I actually. saw so, um, the Denver flight, I saw someone with a MacBook Air and an external DVD drive watching a movie. Oh no, that's just strange. That's just stupid. But um, <laughs> you don't see a lot. You know, it's in Europe, uh, in Madrid anyway. Lots of uh, Nokia phones. Absolutely. In fact, ads for new phones. I I did. I only saw maybe two, maybe three iPhones in the entire country when I was there. But. Um, it's a different mix of, and a lot of the little phones, you know, not the big smartphones like we think of them now, but the little slider phones and uh, people that look like they were running little apps and, you know, different things. It's interesting, different mix, but, um, you know, we've talked about the theme here where, you know, the future of computing is very clearly mobile and connected. And for that to happen, a lot of things have to happen. I know people listening from Australia, for example, have, uh, very expensive tiered data, and to them this is this is a distant dream. And I, I think the connectivity stuff we're still some ways away. Oh because man,
0: did I feel that uh, on this trip? You know, it, it's I have all these great connectivity solutions, but without yeah. adequate bandwidth, means nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, even in the United
1: States, it's a problem. Uh, you know, there is no real seamless way with most computers to switch from network to network. And just have it work, you know, every network, if you just talking wireless, for example, or, or wifi, for example, you know, when you're, you're on a laptop and you have to hit a wireless network, I mean, every wireless network has its own stupid web-based login kind of thing. Yeah. Click here to watch a free video or watch a video and then you can get free access to the airport. And it's all this stupid stuff, you know, and it's, it, and it's neat that we can get online at all, but we, we kind of jump through hoops to make it happen. And then the, the actual quality of the connection varies incredibly wildly. Like, um, when I was in Colorado, where you'd think the connection would be fantastic, it was like being on dial-up through a cable in my hotel room. But then we go to, France, uh, to Spain, rather, and the, the quality of that Wi-Fi network, like I said, it was uh, backing up my photos, uh, posting photos to Facebook every day, also uploading photos to Google Picasso web. It was as fast as it would be for me here at home. I mean, it's crazy how all over the map it is. The one thing that has changed in the past year, and it, this is just the biggest thing in the world, and it, it is so important, and it has really fulfilled fifty percent of that mobile and connected piece, is battery life. At least on computing devices, not so much on smartphones. But um, you know, Apple's laptops have, uh, for the past few years, have gotten phenomenal battery life. Uh, when I was away, I got a an email from Lenovo about some ThinkPads that they subsequently released. <laughs> they have a they have a laptop coming out next month that gets. 15 hours of battery life with a standard battery and then you can pop out the DVD drive and put in a little slice in there and then it gets 30 hours of battery life. That's probably that new Sandy
0: Bridge uh, mobile right. part, right? Right, it is. Yeah. It's a
1: T- the T420 and they have a T420S that gets slightly under it, somewhere in the 24-hour range with the extended battery and then they have a, an X220 coming out, same deal. And these, and then of course the new MacBooks where, where Apple is, I think, using a new system for Determining the battery life, you know. Uh,
0: yeah, because they went down. They went down. But, but now they they're not lying. <laughs>
1: they're not lying, yeah. And I think it's possible if you're doing something different. You know, for whatever reason, I've noticed uh, Apple devices in particular, if you're doing something like watching a movie, you think this would kill the battery. Right. But actually it does better just watching a movie. So if you're in an offline situation where you're on a plane watching a movie, um, I bet they do better than the seven hours that they have their own systems rated for. And and then there's the iPad, you know, and for all the problems of the iPad with the screen reflection and all that, you know, those are things that Apple is absolutely going to fix probably as soon as next week. But the battery life on that thing is phenomenal. It's crazy. And on my flight home from Spain, of course, I'm jammed into some, you know, uh, carriage class thing like cattle and <laughs> is six inches between me and the seat in front of me. So I'm not, I'm not getting any work done. I'm not even going to pretend so. I watched movies on the iPad the entire way home, and seven hours in the air—that kind of thing. Um, I think when I got home, it was the the battery life was at like sixty percent, you know, something wow, like that. That's amazing. Sixty percent. I mean, I, battery life is is just not a problem. <laughs> you know, what I mean, yeah. if you have a modern device, uh, I think that. That's been solved. You know, so I think now we have to turn our attention to this connectivity thing. I think that's going to be, that's the big deal, frankly. And then the issues associated with it. So for example, when I'm in Spain or France or Germany, whatever, I can't access Netflix. Uh, Amazon announced that uh, streaming service. I wanted to check that out, but it detected I wasn't in the United States. Even though I have had an account with Amazon for years and years, they know I'm from the United States. I'm paying for it with a credit card from the United States, right? They still can't stream it to me when I'm away without doing some
0: hogie um, you have you to know trickery proxy it yeah yeah proxy yeah
1: at a at a cost you know per
0: month or whatever well, And speed issues too,
1: yeah, probably, yeah. but you know it, I think so that stuff needs to be worked out, but I think that's related to bandwidth right I think these are essentially this is to 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 bandwidth is sort of like licensing issues with music, you know, how uh, it's different from country to country. I think it's a related concept. Um, It's just something that needs to be worked out. But obviously the big thing is this band is connectivity. And uh, it's something that we certainly haven't solved in the United States. And maybe it has been solved in certain countries uh, to different degrees, but it's, you know, it's one of those things. And uh, the cost of bandwidth is crazy. You know, I paid $50, actually $60 for 50 megabytes of uh, 3G data through my Windows phone, through AT&T, which is, it's wonderful that it's available, but it's expensive, right? I mean, I can't just, I can't, can't go to Europe and leave my phone on like a normal person. You know, you have to kind of manage it. And um, I'd like to see that stuff get better. But yeah, every time I go away, I think about this stuff. And of course the big trips, like the international trips is, you know, there's a (laughs) kind of a broader set of issues, of course, around this stuff. But it's interesting how it's all kind of coming together. I think, I think we'll get
0: there yeah. before we uh, get to our next topic, let me uh, talk a little bit about uh, our friends at you You must do invoicing from time to time, do you? Yeah, in fact, we had an ad for this probably last
1: week, and I was I you need to try this. I actually recommended this to my wife because she also does yeah,
0: she does more than I do actually. I use it for years. Now we have, I have people. (laughs) Yes, you're right. Well, having people would be good, too. (laughs) Yeah, there's one one way to go. But if you're a freelancer, a small business, and you need to invoice people, and you want to do it the easiest way, do it online with FreshBooks.com. I love FreshBooks. It makes it easier to invoice, of course, but also easier to get paid, which is kind of nice. Uh, You can upload your company logo, so those invoices look great. They'll email them, but also for an additional price, you can print them and have them mailed, which I often did. Some, some clients really want a paper copy. Uh, of course, clients can download a PDF of the invoice as well. And then when it comes time to pay, they can pay, of course, by mailing you a check or by a credit card or PayPal or 11 other electronic payment services. So it's very easy for them to pay you. You want to make it easy for them to give you money, believe me. FreshBooks also uh, includes automated late payment reminders to follow up with clients. Uh, it does time tracking. Uh, you can log your hours, consolidate your timesheets right into the invoice. Uh, they even have an iPhone app that will do this. Track your time and invoice your customers when you're away from the office. FreshBooks. Two million people use FreshBooks since uh, 2004. I'm one of them. I, I was. I, lo- I kind of miss using FreshBooks. I really do. It's really a great thing. I'll tell you what. Try it right now. FreshBooks.com. FreshBooks.com. And it's, uh, it's free for up to three of your clients. Takes you about a minute to set up the account. Freshbooks.com. Do when they ask you how you heard about it, do mention you heard it with the Paul and Windows Weekly. Fresh. It's fresh. It's fresh. <laughs> fresh. Let's talk about Connect, which is uh, one of the bright lights in the Microsoft firmament for 2010. Yeah, as I, as I call it, the, the rare
1: win for Microsoft in the consumer <laughs> column. Yeah. And now they got an SDK yeah they've got one coming out for it's hard to know how to categorize this they have described it as a let's see where is a non commercial software development kit uh so essentially for enthusiasts, but I think also for these different kinds of markets you know even things like healthcare and they 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 sort of see this connect device being used in a lot of different places that I think are some of which are going to surprise people. So, hmm. this is kind of interesting. It's for Windows. It's not a software not a software Desktop. All, desktop. It is yes. for
0: Windows think desktop. Think desktop. desktop. Yeah, that's very interesting. Right. I like yeah, that. Yeah, so that's neat. Yeah, it's a neat idea. Yeah. Xbox 360 uh, was very successful uh, last month in the U.S.
1: Yeah, relatively speaking, you know, in the sense that uh, the video game market overall was down year over year. Uh, console sales were down 8.4%. But Um, largely because of the success of the Kinect. Um, The Xbox 360 was the one console that grew year over year from a unit sales standpoint. And, um, you know, it just continued to do pretty well, you know, compared to the competition, so to speak. So um, supposedly even the the Move add-on, which is the kind of Kinect for PlayStation 3, is also doing pretty well. Um, although those guys were really, dumb. I'm
0: surprised because I didn't like that thing at all. I think.
1: Yeah, I, I've never. I mean, I've I've kind of played with it. You know, uh, at yeah. Best Buy, basically. I mean, I, I. It looks like a. It looks like a
0: sex toy. I mean, I just don't. I find it to be. You know, I did. I did notice that that uh, that rubber tip is soft. Okay. And, uh, and, <laughs> and very very soft and pliable. It just felt good. See. Interesting. I never thought of it as, a, as that, though. I mean, good Lord. No, I'm sorry I brought you're, it up. You're pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Amazon has now announced that they're going to do streaming movies for their Prime members free. I'm a Prime member. That's an, I am, too. And uh, what an interesting way to do this,
1: right? So Amazon has this system called Amazon Prime, where for $80 a year... Uh, everything you order from the company by default goes through second-day shipping, and it's free. Uh, you know, you obviously pay the eighty dollars a year, but you get second-day shipping. And I, I, I order from Amazon all the time, so this works out for me absolutely. But now, as a benefit of Amazon Prime, you also get a, a Netflix-style streaming video service, and it's not as, you know, as big as the Netflix service yet, certainly. But Amazon has had an, an on-demand video. Store for a long, long time, actually years and years, and uh, they've always done a pretty decent job with it. It's never really gotten a lot of traction compared to say, you know, iTunes. But then, of course, nothing else has either. But now with this new service, um, they're basically going after Netflix. They're going right after Netflix, baby. Yeah.
0: Now it's only five thousand movies. It's not the same selection.
1: <clears throat> no, no, no. It's it's it, you know, again, it's it's sort of where Netflix was a few years ago. I'd say I think it's just a, a kind of a side deal. You know, it's obviously not a big. It's not the reason to get Amazon Prime, but if you have it, this is a great side benefit.
0: And 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 I think I kind of understand the strategy a little better because I started searching for movies and they intermix the free streaming movies with paid rentals and paid purchases. So my thinking is Amazon maybe doesn't really need to go into competition or want to go into competition with Netflix. For them, it's a cheap way to get Prime members to buy and rent more movies, it's kind of a it's kind of a loss leader. Come on, if it, if you
1: yes, will. and it's uh, again, it's a little hard to explain, but their their existing video service before they had this is, uh, competed with iTunes, right, or uh, you know the um, the movie st- you know movie rentals and right. the Apple TV type stuff,
0: right? Amazon had its has still has that s- system, yeah. It? So w- with this new service, what
1: you basically get is a combination of say the Apple TV with Netflix, although of course Apple TV has Netflix, but the cheapest Netflix service is the seven ninety nine a month uh streaming only version of the subscription. That's actually more expensive than Amazon Prime for a year. Right. Right if you
0: do the yeah, math. Amazon's what, seventy nine bucks for Sam Amazon Prime a year. Right. Right. So and Netflix Netflix is, cheapest the cheapest is, Netflix is about twenty bucks a year. Or twenty bucks more a year right. than
1: just than Amazon that. Prime. Yeah. Plus, you get the free ship you know free second day shipping which by the way is awesome if you don't have that it is right. awesome to have and you can also do something where you uh, you can have something shipped in one day for 3.99 no matter what it is which is crazy it's
0: another excellent thing buy all the time oh. i do too. yeah it's great amazon's brilliant look they get yep. us to pay 80 bucks <laughs> for the privilege to buy more stuff from them yeah i'm now, sure they the, make the money the on problem, that problem the there well there are many problems i amazon
1: says that this thing is available on all kinds of different devices, and I'm sure it is. But, you know, Netflix is so ubiquitous, um, you know, that there, is, there are so many TVs and Blu-ray players and set-top boxes and video game consoles. I mean, it's just everywhere. And it's, uh, right now, I would say it's a better experience. Um, you know, for me personally, because I have a son who is deaf and needs captioning, Netflix is the only streaming service. Yeah. Uh, well, Hulu has this, although Hulu isn't in this exact category the only streaming service like this for movies and TV shows that has any kind of captioning at all, and they're actually dramatically expanding that this year. And, in fact, they just had an announcement about this. And I think that about 30% of their streaming videos now support captioning. The issue is some of the devices don't. So if yeah. you have a Roku box, they don't support it. But they will starting this summer. Uh, the Xbox 360, unfortunately, also does not support it currently. But the PS3 does, the Wii does... PCs and Macs do. Uh, what am I missing? I think there are some other devices that do as well. Um, so if, if, if captioning is an issue for you, and Netflix is uh, definitely something you should look at. And it's just something you just don't typically see, you know, for whatever reason. Even, you know, if you look for movies and iTunes that have uh, captioning, it's, it's a small percentage. They're there. They're hard to find, you know, unless you look through, through the PC software, the Mac software. You know, if you're just sitting in front of an Apple TV trying to find a movie that has captioning, it's impossible. Um, you really have to be sitting in front of a computer. That's true of Netflix, too, but it's getting better. So there are some services that have this stuff.
0: Hey, hot news just came in. Yes. According to Win Rumors, <laughs> is Win Rumors uh, trustworthy?
1: Maybe. <laughs> I should say. So Rumors is my friend, actually, Tom. Oh, or, and I, well, I should, if I had known that. Maybe I was trying to be funny. I, Tom is
0: Tom's trustworthy. Speaking. Guess what Tom says. This is this the Windows 8 thing? No. Okay, good. It's even better, even okay. more exciting, Yep. even more thrilling. Tom Warren writing Windows yep. winrumors.com, April 6th, Angry Birds for Windows Phone 7.
1: Wow. <sighs> okay. So the date, that's that's news, the date. Uh, I, I, I'm positive we talked about this. When before Windows Phone came out, there was an Angry Bird graphic.
0: Yes. And, a, uh, and they and Rovio, the makers of Angry Birds, said no. Right. Except that it was it was
1: always gonna happen. I mean, so Yeah, I guess it's uh, on every other freaking platform. So Right. Angry Birds was always coming to Windows Phone. Yeah. It was always coming to Windows Phone. And what I was told basically at the time was they talked to the guys, they were pit, you know, they were mad because they scooped uh you know because they hadn't formally announced Scoped it and them. it was it caused a little bit of a stinking between the two companies yeah. but the truth is this was always happening this was this is was. not like a new development i mean they were always working on this so
0: by the way not just angry birds but yes doodle jump yeah plants versus zombies yep yep yep, yep. <sighs> hydro thunder go that is sonic the hedgehog 4 episode 1 and Geodefense. So,
1: at least three of those are obviously huge iOS games. Yes, and you have just described my Windows Phone pick of the week for the first three weeks of August. Okay, well, let's <laughs> so, save it. Of, save it. Oh, I'm sorry, hold April. It.
0: Hold it. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, August. Okay. April. 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 August. I'd say. Uh, well, you you don't have to hold it that long. Again, <laughs> I'm tired. I... <laughs> hold it till April. Okay, I can live with that. Actually, do hold your uh, Windows Phone app mm-hmm. of the week. Okay. Of which you can't remember the name. so No, maybe- I, I remembered it. Oh, good. <laughs> or I looked it up. I didn't remember it. I- Our software pick of the week. And more as we continue. Paul Therott is tired, but he's also rested. It's a very confusing situation. And he's back I'm, from... I'm, the I can
1: beat. assure you when this is over, I'm going to stumble out of this room and I will pass out of my couch. Good. Well, we'll get this over with quickly. No, it's okay. It's, there's no Did rush.
0: You see- I'm sorry, but okay. I didn't see yeah. the Super Bowl because, thank goodness... <laughs> well, I saw it, but I saw the South American feed, the Latin American feed. It was kind oh, of funny was, because miraculous. instead of any of the ads, all they had was soccer promos. <laughs> so, Because right. okay. it's Latin America. and they, so, But anyway, I hear that one of the other domain registrar companies, which mm-hmm. has always done those kind of sleazy ads, and then they say, you want to see the rest, go to I'm the website. I'm familiar with this company. Uh, apparently put Joan Rivers in hot pants. Yes, they did. I didn't see it. Is it something I'm glad I didn't see? Yes, it is. My eyes are burning just thinking about it. Well, it was.
1: Uh, there were many horrifying things in the Super Bowl ads this year. And I, let
0: me think back here. That I'm trying to remember if that was the absolute worst one. I think one. that must be the most horrifying. Anyway, I don't like those guys, as you probably uh, could tell from the tone of voice. I don't think you should use Joan Rivers' butt to sell domain registration. I'm sorry. I'm an old-fashioned kind of guy that way.
1: I, I'm with you.
0: <laughs> I think you should use service, quality, support. That's why I use Hover.com. I transferred my domains from those other guys. Actually, I still have a few that are locked. Gosh darn it. But I'm getting them all over. I wish I'd used Hover's uh, a domain transfer service. They have a service that makes it a lot easier. Here's what you do. Go to Windows, W-I-N. Do I have to spell this? W-I-N-D-O-W-S dot. I do have to spell this. Hover. H-O-V-E-R. Is there a dot in there? Dot com. Windows dot. Hover. Dot com. Yeah, you can't really (laughs) see it, but there's a dot in there. And when you go there, um, you will take a look at uh, their very clean, simple site. Not a lot of upsells and all that. And their new pain-reducing transfer process. Just $10 for a limited time. They will transfer all your domains over. I wish I had done this. Oh, is this is this automatic? Yeah, they do all the work. In other words, basically. they do this for you.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, so. Uh, gonna-
0: yeah. <laughs> well, you pay for myself. it, but it's worth it because if you have more than one domain, it's such a pain. And these yeah, other yeah. Do- and the other, uh, frankly, the registrars you know make it as hard as possible. Uh, and yeah. then you'll pay ten dollars for the new domain name, but that adds a year, so it's a ten dollar additional year on your domain registration. Uh, I love Hover. Hover is so easy to use, so clean, so simple, and they do not try to upsell you. In fact, one of the things that I always buy, but it takes 80 clicks to get out of these other guys' sites to buy it, is uh, Whois Privacy. You know, some people can't look up your home address and phone number on the Whois registrar. That's free. That comes with Hover. That comes with it. They know you want privacy. Hover is a division of two cows. They're an ICANN-accredited, publicly traded technology company. You know them. You might know the name domains direct that's their old name but i like the new one hover like a hummingbird hovering to make you happy go to windows.hover.com and try it right now you uh, you know i just think hover is the best darn thing since sliced bread and you get 10 percent off your new domain if you use that special code that special site windows.hover.com and the offer code windows domain names made simple by the way, if you get you know if you need support, if you you know you're having trouble with the, the transfer or something like that, and you call somebody, they will not put you on hold. They guarantee it during regular business hours. You do not get put on hold ever. Hover, try it. Okay, time for Ugh. our Windows Phone app of the week. A game which you uh, which you now remember the name of.
1: <laughs> I to look it up.
0: What is it? Uh, it's called iBlast Blast Mokey. Oh, I know the Mokis. I love is- this. This is an iOS game.
1: Oh, it is okay. So it, it, it's sort of Angry Birds esque. Yeah, you know, it's you physics set, game. You, yeah, you set little bombs and. I love it. Uh, it took me a while to understand. It, I, I don't know if I missed the part of the instructions that they went through it, but you know the first couple of screens are very simple because you you put a bomb in a certain location and it causes the little guy to jump and right. hit the target and you think you did it. But then uh, subsequent screens screens it's have two bombs and harder, and you think, well, okay. Uh, progression it's simple enough, but there's also a timer involved, yeah, so on the second bomb you could you know, in other words, you trigger the bomb to cause them to move a part of the way, but then you don't want the bombs to go off at the same time, so the second bomb you have a, a timer involved, and you you know you want to get them through the target anyway i I found this to be very it's addictive really a good and, game. Yeah. and yeah, and for whatever it's worth, you know when we were talking about the types of games that make sense on these touchscreens, this is a really oh, a yeah. good example of that kind of thing.
0: And I like yeah, it so that you're, the, the, the Moki right looks right just like a piece of silly putty.
1: Yeah. So you're doing this on, what is this you're using?
0: Is this an iPod? This is an I iPhone. Uh, but iPhone it's, yeah. Yeah, I think it's almost yeah. identical. Same game. Yep. yep. No, it's identical. Yep. yep. So you have to get the Moki to where you want it to be by putting the bomb where you want it to be. And and using and the
1: trajectories you can use to determine the, the, the direction of the blast if you. Um, right. And as a timer as That's well. Timer. Yeah. So multiple, yeah. See, here's the trajectory, here's the vector. Yeah. There's all kinds of obstacles, and you can scroll the screen around. And, you know, it's it's nice. Okay. So I'm not I'm not interested in a game that is a complete rip off of Angry Birds. I think Angry Birds is a great great game, but uh, this is not. This is, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it, it, don't you feel like you should be able to tilt the phone to make a roll in that yeah. direction?
0: Yeah. Doesn't that work? Close. So close. Maybe. 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 maybe, maybe. Oh man. Oh well, it's fun. It's it is actually very much like Angry Birds or Cut the Rope. Or there's a lot of these great cut physics. The rope, games. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of these. cut games like uh, Fruit Ninja,
1: and yep. you know, that's another category of game which you know my kids love that stuff. Whatever, but yeah, um, yeah. The one on the iPhone my kids loved, or the iPod was uh, Labyrinth Two.
0: Oh, fun!
1: You can apparently go to a website and design, um, you know, boards or whatever. I get they spent some amount of time on this. I was they were they were. They seem to enjoy
0: that. Labyrinth two. Now let's see if I got the Moki this time. Oh yeah! Come on! Come on! Come on, baby! Come on, baby! Come on, baby! Come on, baby! Come on, baby. Oh! oh! So close. Little piece of silly putty. Just, he just, he won't cooperate. Anyway, that's that. I agree with you. And I don't. Is it a free? I'm or intrigued that you knew about this. Oh yeah, I play it a lot. I like it. I just grab every Xbox
1: Live game that comes down the pike for the right. phone. So, by the way,
0: Xbox Live achievements for Angry Birds. Of course, yeah, yeah Xbox course. Live Game, yeah. Yeah, you got to Yep. Uh, software pick of
1: the week, my friend. So, uh, yeah, we mentioned this earlier briefly, but Windows 7 Service Pack 1 is out. So I would just recommend everyone grabbing that and, up, and up, upgrading. Uh, again, uh, from a functional standpoint, you're not really going to notice a lot, but that's not really the point. It's just an aggregation of uh, existing fixes and some new fixes. So it's it's sort of the baseline for Windows 7 going forward, so... Definitely something if you haven't been prompted to download already, um, you can check Windows Update manually. It should be in there for you. So make that happen.
0: Make it happen, baby. And uh, that concludes this edition of Windows Weekly. I see you have an audible pick. We'll save that for another day. Yep, no problem. No problem. Paul Thorat, back from Madrid. It's nice to have you back. We both went to, nice to uh, well. yep. Spanish-language countries. <laughs> now, we did this show at a little bit of a different time because Paul was still yeah. in Spain yesterday. But we'll be back on our regular Thursday schedule, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, at live.twit.tv every Thursday. If you want to watch live, but of course you can subscribe to the show, and I hope you will, uh, at uh, on iTunes, on the Zoom store, and everywhere else. Just so I was halfway Windows across Weekly.
1: the Atlantic yesterday, and every device in my bag started chiming simultaneously.
0: And it was time the for the show.
1: Reminder for the Windows Weekly.
0: <laughs> time show. for the show. Time yep. for the show. Somebody's asking in the chat room. As long as I, I got you mm-hmm. here, what the best way to install the service pack? Would you? It's going to be just pretty straightforward. You don't need to. The, do a honestly, clean the install. best way
1: is to do it through Windows Update, because okay. there's actually a prerequisite. Um, so if you if you're going to download ah. and install it manually, you're going to want to know about that. And I mentioned it in my article about this, but rather than overthink it, uh, really the best way is the Windows Update. And it's not just for that reason. Um, the Windows Update version will check what you already have, and right. it will just download a smaller bit.
0: And you don't need to do a clean install or wipe or anything like that. No, 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 no. This this this
1: won't cause any compatibility issues or anything like that. So. I would just do it on Windows Update.
0: all for rod get some get some rest. Did and did <laughs> in fact
1: and did myself. Yes.
0: Get some rest um, and uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Tom Merritt, for filling in. Uh, no, you're not going to South by Southwest, are you? No, I'm not. Oh, rats! Sorry, we're going to it. It's such this a is, fun it's event.
1: Mid, is it mid March? It's mid March.
0: Yeah, March 13th and 14th. We're we're going to be there for the interactive uh, the Saturday yeah. and Sunday. There's
1: we're, some stuff going on there. there. There's I I heard a rumor that IE9 might be released there, although I don't no Actually, really it's
0: south by i don't think that's going to be the case.
1: But so. hey who knows they will be there i know that the ie guys will be oh there, it's but. so
0: much fun it's just a it's just kind of a party we're going to be live yeah. so you don't have to go we're going to be live covering i can't, I, I can't really justify it no but. just watch twit yeah saturday march 12th we'll be doing the party coverage from four o'clock on mm-hmm. sunday we're doing uh we're going to have we've got a venue we've got momo's club yeah this austin. is uh, austin is a oh, i love it it's a fun place so. oh, i love austin so uh, 1 o'clock I'll be doing the radio show there, 4 o'clock TNT, 5 o'clock Twit, uh, 7 o'clock a meetup, all at Momo's Club, momosclub.com if you want to know more and find out about it, and uh, boy, it's going to be a lot of fun, we have a blast. So see you in Austin, March 13th. All throughout, I'll see you next week. All right, take care. Out of windows, we